Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Hey, homies. I am so excited for today's episode because I have my friend Erin here who works at the agency. She is an account manager for All Influence Management. And the last time I had her on an episode, I swear the number of comments that I got in my DMs about what a wealth of knowledge she is. We were just like giggling back and forth about... All of this. So I had to have her back on um, and talk about other things that we're seeing at the agency, shifts in influencer marketing, how things are changing and bleed over from the casting world. Erin was actually an actor model in a previous life. No, I'm just kidding. She still she still does some of this, but it was put on hold with COVID, of course. So she has some knowledge that I don't have and is going to give us some insight on specific rates. Um, We have a couple specific packages that we're going to talk about with our clients with details of all of it. Again, we are just going to, you know, probably give you more information than we should. It's fine. It's fine, right? We won't say the brand names and you're going to get the exact information that I wish I had when I started so that you can feel confident in influencer marketing and brand partnership conversations. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. I have Aaron back because we had one of our highest viewed, highest commented on episodes with you, Aaron. Tis me. Tis I. <laughs> so, tis, tis you. So, <laughs> so I had to have you back. Um, I have a favorite on the internet right now. I have an if you like it, like it. And it is the viral sensation that is the Skims Universal thong. (laughs) I can't. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Yes. It's dental floss. It's absolutely dental floss. And you have all of these real women jumping on and like putting on this baby little G-string over their bathing suits or pants or whatever. And they're like, nothing fits in here. I don't know how how you guys get anything to fit in here. My taco doesn't fit in here. I got a burrito. (laughs) So good. (laughs) And just using all of these ridiculous analogies, metaphors, (laughs) for how this dang thong doesn't fit. I love it so much. And there's like spillage spillage everywhere. Here's my question for you. Do you think that Skims made something universal, in quotes, universal, just to be a viral hit? Because you know that all the fashion girlies like needed to try it and all the body positivity girlies needed to try it to show that it wasn't or that it was. If their development team actually thought that that would be universal for all sizes, I would be shocked. So actually, I think your idea is probably pretty accurate. It's a marketing thing. Oh my God. I was just talking to Geo, Glam Geo NYC. (laughs) And she was like, you know what? If, you know, no one expects it to fit. And like, then you have all of the content that you can make from it. But if it does, then you have Sisterhood of the Traveling Thong and it's also great. So it's really a (laughs) win-win. 
just heard of a traveling song. I cannot. To buy this damn thong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there are other brands out there that are making one-size-fits-all underwear in a thong that work. Are there? Yeah, Hanky Panky. What's that? It's a brand of thong. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I I know. I wear it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like you're just the connoisseur of internet underwear. No, it's not internet underwear. I found it in store. (laughs) Old school. (laughs) Old school. You tell me all about the new new and internet-worthy period underwear, too, though. Oh, well, yeah, because I follow some accounts. Like, we're looking for some without microplastics, okay? Okay. Okay. If you like it, (laughs) like it. (laughs) All right, Erin, I have so many things to talk to you about today. And it's so funny because we were talking about this yesterday and she was like, remind me what we're talking about. I can't for the life of me remember what on earth we were going to talk about in this episode. We had this whole conversation, IRL, when she came to visit. Like, are we going to talk about something specific? Are we just going to catch up? Like, how's this going to work? Can we just hang out? (laughs) We can just hang out. We don't get to hang out a lot anymore. No, we're too busy. We're too busy. It's awful. It's awful. Okay, so you messaged me yesterday and you said you got something. You want to tell me about it, your little project? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I've seen, we've seen a little bit of bleed over between like working with creators and doing like actual castings for projects. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was like from a casting director, like Mm -hmm. completely bypassed actors and models and went right to a creator. And I just think, I just was like, is this happening? Is it really happening? Yeah. It's happening. They want to, people want to hire creators to do commercials. Yes. We've seen this happening for a while. Like I, I would like to say hair flip. I called this, I called this eight months ago. I called this. There's so much bleed over coming from the mm-hmm. acting and modeling world. This is the first one that I've seen that like they want an audition. I like, think that that's going to be coming more. I, uh, so, but okay, you're right. Wait, lay lay this out for me. So, like, what did they what did they ask for? Like, I want to compare and contrast, like, what you've seen as a model actor yourself, and like what they're asking for from one of our all influence creators. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, like, if I got an audition for a film or a commercial or something, they would send a side, which is a script. They send that over, then I have to set up like lights and camera and I have to like film different takes and put it in a video and send it to the casting director. And this is like that. So they sent two sample scripts that they want this creator to do, to make like a TikTok style video with. The Uh only difference is that it's, they want it to see like as a TikTok style, it's 30 seconds. So they want the content to be more like what we're seeing on social media versus like what you would see on a commercial or TV film, but they still want Uh the audition. It's bizarre. Wow. I'm curious, how quickly was the turnaround? Oh, I think it's supposed to be in um, tomorrow. Today. (laughs) Yeah, today. So yesterday, but it's like that in casting too. Like I'll get audition notices yes. and they're like we need this in 48 hours and I'm like you've got to we be need kidding this. me you want me to memorize yeah. this and find a quiet time uh-huh. and then like also act right and also like fit this into my schedule and look presentable and 
like do all of it when I know I'm not going to get it or I'm not, no, I'm not going to get it. But like, there's a chance that you're not going to get it. There's a huge, the the chance of you not getting it is exponentially greater than you getting it as an Mm -hmm. actor. I don't know. In this new creator scenario, I don't know. I don't know how many people they sent it to. Right. What do we think about that? Like, I, I hear this and I'm like, just sigh, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see what the timelines will do, like how quickly creators are going to be expected to turn around content. Because I feel like, you know, two years ago, the expectation was get this up and posted in two weeks. And I think that more aligns with the photography world. But if you're just an actor filming some little video, then those timelines are much quicker in casting. So as we move from artistic photography, where you have to go out, scout a venue, pick a specific time, blah, blah, blah. Now we're moving to it's in your house. You know, you have lighting every day, you have a ring light, you have the setup, you have the gear, etc. Just do it, send it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I wouldn't mind it if the rate was higher. But the rate that was in this specific email is like, are you kidding me? How much are you was joking? it? It's 150 per video. And they didn't talk about usage. Or, okay. 150 per video. This creator has, what, 300K on TikTok? Yeah. But that's where the conversation comes in is that they're not using you for your following. They don't care how many followers you have. They're using you for your content or your personality. Yes. But if you're a creator, you have, you have brand recognition. So I don't, I don't really care because I'm going to see your face and recognize you as that person that does that thing online. True. Okay. But then here's my question to you. How does that affect UGC? Because I think it affects it massively. I don't think that creators with 100K plus like should be charging the same rates for UGC. I think UGC is for your newbie creators. It's not for your creator with a Mm. massive following. I just don't, I I don't think it is. I mean, it's true. When I see UGC come across our inbox for our larger creators and there's Mm -hmm. no usage, especially, which is how you get the rate up. Um, yes. I'd never go in with a, with a, our typical uh-uh. UGC rate. I double it at least. Right. Especially if it's one video. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, no, this person's not doing a project. We are not invoicing for less than a thousand dollars. That could be two no. videos. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Or there could be one video and, you know, usage behind it, but I'm not invoicing for less than $1,000. And this actually happened to me recently too, because in general, I try not to invoice for less than 500 myself. I had mm-hmm. um, a brand come to me. I was telling you about this because I was so annoyed about it. It was like a story editing app, which do I, do, you think I got the time to edit my stories in an app? <laughs> not no. the new Harley. So. Mm-hmm. She ain't doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was chatting with this brand and I was like, okay, well, what if it, what if I was premising this ad as like like launch slides, like marketing material, like not your day-to-day marketing, but like things that I would use again and again and again, right? Things that I would save in an album and be able to repurpose over and over. Um, Mm -hmm. Sales slides, affiliate slides, that kind of thing. And they were like, Mm, well, we can pay you, I think they said 200 per story. And I was like, no, but I could do 
two, four, six hundred. And even that is low. That's so low. And mm-hmm. um, that was, it was such a steal. And I was like, like, it's easy. Like, it's a tool, whatever. We can talk about it. And then they came back and they were like, no, but we can do two for two for 400. And I was like, that's literally the exact same thing. That's the exact same thing. That doesn't change anything that you just said. And at the end of the day, it didn't hit my 500 minimum. And so I was like, no, I set I set my getting out of bed rate in my head. And that's that. Absolutely. I have the privilege to say no. And like, yes, $400 is like a good sum of money. But also like, I don't want to be I don't want to do it because I'm going to I'm going to feel so icky about it as I make those slides. I'm going to feel resentful and bitter as I make those mm-hmm. slides because they didn't they couldn't value my lowest level of what I want. Yeah. I think that's totally valid. I love it when people are like, "No. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> Not for that rate." I'm like, "Yes. I support you. I'm happy to pass for you." You know what? I just told someone this the other day. They got this proposal, this brief for I think it was like a total of 30 minutes of footage. Um, all UGC, nothing was posted. Um, I think usage was included, but they were trying to be sneaky about like, we're not using it in paid ads. Yes, mm-hmm. you are. I see your contract. Um, and it was for eight fifty. And this person, this Do Less Club girl actually came to me and she was like, do you think that I should take this? Like, what are your thoughts after I know the scope of work? Like, I know what's included. Like, it, I'm being undervalued, but like, what do I do? And I was like, honestly, at that point for $850, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to cheer you on uh, if you take it for $800. I will cheer you on for that $850. But also, if you decide to walk away, I will cheer you on just as hard because you said no. So it's totally up to you. Does this feel limiting? Does this give you the ick? Does it make you bitter? Does it make you frustrated? Or does it make you excited that you get to work with this brand for, I mean, 850 is like not a low ball, but like kind of a low ball offer for 30 minutes of footage? Mm-hmm. Would they decide? I don't know yet. I'm still waiting. You know that one of our people did that. Really? Mm-hmm. It wasn't 30 minutes. It was 15 to 20, but it was a very specific shot list. It was basically a script. Yeah. And it was like, there was a little bit of usage included. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, no, this is so low. <laughs> but was they wanted to take it. Uh, it was either eight It was either eight or 850, but they wanted to take it. And I was like, great. I love that. If that's I what you want to do. You. I mean, I personally think that you're worth more, but... <laughs> But yeah, let's I think do it. there's a lot of shame in that. There's a lot of shame in in this world of like know your worth. But also, eight fifty is like a good sum of money. That's like yeah, that's rocks your world. Yeah. Some months I wouldn't throw away eight fifty so, personally. No, no. I mean, it's a lot. So yeah, I think I think what we need to remember too, um, and what we need to hold tight to is that it's a privilege to say no. So like, yes know your worth. Yes. Set those rates and feel confident in them. But at the end of the day, once you get down to that bottom line of negotiation, it's fine to say no. And it's fine to say mm-hmm. yes. Yep. You've done what you Absolutely. can do. You know the scope of work. You decide. Yeah. Is it going to be worth it for $200? 
Probably not. But once you get up into that four or 500, like I think the story changes a little bit. Now you're paying for groceries yeah. for the month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you can add in usage and get it up a little higher, you know, we always right. want to aim for that at least 1K. But we'll take a little bit less. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So what do you think about bigger creators taking UGC deals? I mean, if you want to. Do you think – what do you think they should be charging? If it's like a casting thing, you know, like this person, again, had 300K on TikTok and they're getting asked to do this video for 150 like – what do we do with that? Honestly, I think it depends on the creator. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that this specific creator, because we work with them, will love it. They'll be so excited yeah. to be paid. Yeah. But I mean... They'll be so excited. But I mean, 150 does add up. Like 150 totally adds up if they're doing it, multiples. But if it's one... Yeah. Well, this one is um, right off the bat, it's, it's two pieces for the audition. And then it's like potentially if you're chosen four to five a week. Yeah. Right. So it adds up. Yeah. It totally adds up. And they didn't talk anything about usage. So that was my question Mm -hmm. back to the brand was, is there usage included in this? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, the hard part for me is that like, we've talked so much about UGC, you know, has a flat rate that's lower than content because they're not paying for Mm -hmm. you to put it on your feed. They're not paying for your Mm -hmm. audience. Your audience is like, a specific, like they're your audience for a reason, right? But they're not trying to reach those people. Mm-hmm. They just want your quality content that they've seen from you to mm-hmm. be in their ads. And so mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting conversation because as a creator and like for me as a performer, I don't want to do, I'm not like, you're not going to pay me to sing mm-hmm. for less than, I'm not going to come to your event and sing one song for less than $250. Mm-hmm. So I get from and the even creator that standpoint- is probably low. It's totally low. And you wouldn't do one song. It's the same thing because, I mean, to go to an event and sing one song, you have to get fully stage ready. You're thinking about your outfit all week. I know you are. I watch your stories. (laughs) Yeah. I have to learn the song. You have to drive there. You have to get ready. You have to – yes. No way. Mm -hmm. No way. You're not singing one song for 250. No. I mean, yeah. We're not. Yeah. Okay. But yes. Um, (laughs) Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. <laughs> I'll come in on the one and the one. Oh, I missed it. Um, okay, so <laughs> we love a Kristen Wig moment. Okay. Um, oh, what okay, goodness. so no, but I get it from a creator's perspective because whether they're creating a reel for their feed or they're creating a real style UGC video, their content creation, the production quality is the same. It takes the same amount of time and effort. Yes. Yes. So. I get not wanting to charge a low flat rate. Mm -hmm. So I just don't, I mean, I just, I take it situation by situation. Like I vibe out the email from the brand. Mm -hmm. I look at the wording. I look at the product. Mm -hmm. I think about the creator that they're talking to. And then I'm like, "Mm, no, this is going to be, I, then I, then I really just throw out a number from the air. I mean, if we're being honest, I'm like, no, this person's time is worth more than that. I mean, I'll always advocate for more. But like you said, especially if it's a one-off video, I'm not going to quote them our typical lower rate for UGC. But you know what? This is so funny because when you and I first started 
pricing a lot of this stuff, you would come to me and be like, but I need a formula. Like I'm used to this acting modeling world. Like what is, what is my formula? I don't know what to charge. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm making it up as I go. (laughs) I'm like, I need math. Let me use my calculator. Come on. Let me pull out my old calculator with the solar panel on it. (laughs) My calculator is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I, okay. So I posted a, um, I posted a carousel the other day about rate setting and I was talking about general rates under 50K followers. And I have a rate calculator that kind of does the same thing. And after I posted this, I had a ton of comments that were like, okay, but what about after 50K? Like, what about for 112K specifically? (laughs) I was like, what about my number? Can you go look for a second? And I was like, okay, here's the thing. Between 50K and I would go as far as 200K, the -hmm. rates are very similar. The rates are Mm -hmm. between 1,500 to 3,000 somewhere. For real. Mm -hmm. And I I think the average reach between 50K and 150K is very similar a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about this on the past. I've talked about this in the past with Sonia about how – you know, not a lot changes. So what really matters? What changes that rate from 1500 or 2000 to 3000? Like what really does that? And really it is specialty if you have like an advanced degree or a license or a certification or something like that. If you're creating super high quality content, you have a high, you have high quality gear, you have the setup, you were a photographer in a past life, that kind of thing. What else? What really drives up that price? Um, if you have a child involved, mm-hmm. if part of if part of the package is sometimes they'll throw in like um, they'll want some static images as photo assets mm-hmm. to use in the usage. So if that's the case, mm-hmm. then typically we'll build in like a photographer rate. Yeah, and bump yeah. that up. So oh, we do that. All, I mean, we do that kind of often. Build in a five hundred dollar mm-hmm. photography fee. I do. I do that all yeah. the time. Yeah, you can't hire a photographer for less than like 500 bucks. Right. So I, yeah, I think those are probably the two other things that would drive a rate up. I mean, I think there's also, you know, engagement. If you have above average engagement, if you have above average sales metrics, if you are someone that mm-hmm. is making, I don't know, what are, our, what are our amazing salespeople doing? Like $1,000 in affiliates to $3,000 in affiliates every month mm-hmm. for some of their programs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they're raking in the big bucks um, from monthly consistent sales just in their affiliates. If you can do that, you can charge more for your for your collaborations, or you can just work in an affiliate as well where you're using your code. Yeah, we do sometimes if the brand can't meet us at the rate, like the flat rate, uh, and I know that it's a product that will resonate with that creator's audience, I'll bring up the idea of like a hybrid model. Like if you can meet us mm-hmm. at the the mid range and keep their affiliate code active through the paid partnership, then maybe that could work. But you have to look at the link clicks too for that creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've had this conversation a ton recently with larger creators that have passed that mark that we're talking about, like 300K to a million on, on various platforms. And this whole thing comes back again about like, is a brand really going to pay four to five 
grand for one post. And I know that we've struggled with those conversations. Yeah. I mean, it's not very often that that happens. Not with no usage. Like, yes, if there's usage, if there's more included, like your lower level creators or lower follower count creators, like that option's still available one post for four grand. Like that happens. But if it's one post and nothing else on a bigger account, the likelihood of you getting four, four grand for something, like it's a hard sell. It is a hard sell. And it's a bummer because That's it's not like they're number. not worth it. Yeah. It's a big it's just number. Brands, brands are already, you know, they they want, like you said, they want the budget package or the budget option. Mm-hmm. So even though your content is valuable so for, and your following 4K, is valuable. Yeah. 4K yeah. ain't the budget option anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of, it kind of is still a budget option if you're looking at like having a photo shoot and hiring a crew and a space to do it. But in yes, their eyes. Yes, but it's one video. Right. Like, yes, yeah. the whole photo shoot and all of the content. Yes, budget option. I get that. But it's one video. Like if you were doing more, again, package, package. Yeah, package. Always package. <laughs> Two more, not less. Never Bump one video. <laughs> Never it one. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard though, because brands are like, well, we want to test it out. And I'm always like, okay, great. But you're not going to see like a ton of return on one post. And I you're don't literally mind. not. I'm at the, t- I'm at the point where I literally will just say that right off the bat. Like, listen, I know that you want to see if it's a good test run, listen. but it's not going to be <laughs> like, we know that people are not going to buy. This is what's mention. so valuable. Uh, never. This is what's so valuable about having an agency because, it, you know, I hate to say this because I think it's so inaccurate, but the perception of y- you as a creator going to them and saying, this won't do well, as opposed to us going to the creator as someone that's that has this roster and saying, Hey, hey, dude, like this literally won't do well, do something else. There's more weight behind that. And we mm-hmm. have more negotiation power. Yeah. I mean, just because just there's a little no... all influence plug. <laughs> there we go. Come join our fun. It's like this all the time. Come join um... this weird party. <laughs> all right. So I, Ooh, okay. I have another one for you. New new news. So you and mm-hmm. I were actually talking yesterday mm-hmm. uh, about a billboard in Times Square. And I immediately went to you because I had a client that reached out to me and they were, they were like, hey, so friend, help me because I don't know what to do about this. I got an email from this group that wants me to basically make a TikTok style video and a couple of images that are going to be on a billboard in Times Square. What do I do with this? What on earth do I do with this? So you and I chatted about it and we were like, okay, we need to know the time. Like how long is this going to be in Times Square? Like, is it rotating like how does this how does this even work you've been on a billboard yes three <laughs> three yeah well I mean it was the how same image on three paid? different billboards I mean how much probably, did you get paid? I mean it was so long ago Harley it was forever ago um it was probably between it was probably 18 <laughs> to 2000 how come you don't tell people that I, I think that would be my biggest flex that I keep in my back pocket I've been on three billboards I because then they'd want to see the picture and then I would have to show them the picture. 
Yes. It's for us. Oh my God. I'm like laying down with my feet on their logo. It's so bad. Yeah. And I think it was up for three months. For small town billboard. I mean, yeah. Right. It was in small towns. It was in, it was like in outside of the metro area. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was a billboard for farmers. Okay. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. So I, we basically messaged her back and we we're like, we need to figure out the length of time and also the general exposure the billboard is going to get. Like who's going to drive past? Like most of the time, these billboard companies know how much exposure they generally get because mm-hmm. that's what they sell the marketing space for, right? Um mm-hmm. So she just heard back. She said, I've been doing a lot of Googling and it looks like Getty Images says $5,000 licensing slash usage fee for a billboard, give or take, for a month. And Mm. she heard back from the agency and they said that it'll be up for only one hour. One hour. Okay. And I'm sure it's rotating, right? So like I assume her video would be shown again. Right. Okay. What, do you, what does your gut response say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Okay, I have a I have a couple gut responses and questions. First, <laughs> so many thoughts. Is the Google, the Google search with Getty Images was it for still images or was it for video? Because it's my didn't you say well, it's a video know. that's going to play? Okay, so I feel it's like a, that's different. Sure. Mm, I don't know. No, you don't think so? I feel like a video is more. I feel like it's worth more. I don't know. Okay, okay, anyway, keep going. All right, okay, well, here's my second question. Here's what I thought of after we talked. What does it cost a brand to have an image rotate on a billboard in Times Square? Like, I'm curious how much they're putting into that because I, that would be interesting to me to see how much that costs. And, you know, what I feel like if you have X amount to pay for this time and space, you should have X amount to pay for the content that you're going to put there. Are you Googling okay, it? Okay, so on a regular day, the cost of a digital billboard may be 5000 to 50000 depending on the complexity and location of the campaign in Times Square. Okay. That's a big range. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to be paying a, a – I think they're going to be paying out the ass anyway. Like, this is not going to yeah. be a cheap project. And no. it sounded like there would be multiple creators. I assume she's going to be telling her story for a minute, maybe. Okay. Maybe two. And I don't even know about that long. Like, how long can you keep someone's attention on a billboard in Times Square? I have no idea. I mean, if I'm in New York, I'm not going to stop and watch. Right, right. But that's beside the point. Like, that doesn't matter, really. I mean. <laughs> I don't matter. No, I just mean that like we're talking about her her story, her content, her face, right? So yeah. yeah. It's not our worry of who's gonna stop and watch. But I mean, I still think that it's at least a five K package. I think it's a I think it's a five K package too. I would go in with five K and like see what happens. Yeah. That's my gut response. Is like a lot of these things like this, like any kind of like – we talked about day rates last time. But anytime mm-hmm. you kind of have something, a big project like this, it's generally between, you know, 3000 to 8000 somewhere. Right. And the, and is there scripting that they want? Are there revisions right. that they want? I mean, you know, right. you've got to think about the time and effort that's going to go into it. I feel like if they're putting time and money onto a billboard in Times Square, they're going to be specific. 
So you need to be compensated mm-hmm. for the back and forth. Right, right. They're going to be specific. They're going to care how you word things. You might have to do a reshoot. You're probably going to have to get the script approved before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the setup, like that, that ain't your normal setup. No. Like you are You're getting, not just propping you your phone getting up. fancy. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. There's six ring lights happening. You're using We're your back getting, camera. Yeah. You're yeah. using your back camera. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to pivot our conversation. I have something else to talk to you about um, that we were going back and forth on. Let me pull up the post. I saw this post on, I think it was Influencers in the Wild. <laughs> so an influencer couple asked a professional singer to write them an original song and play an hour-long set at their wedding for free. And they said it'd be worth it for the reach. So I'm just going to read you this like back and forth that was screenshotted. Hey, bro, me and crossed out name are getting married next August 16th in Ibiza. And we love your personal songs. Fire emoji. If you're free, do you fancy flying out? And the singer responded, hey, mate, congrats. I'm actually free, which is a miracle for next summer. All sounds good. Let me know what you're looking for. I'll fire some prices over. I got 50% off until New Year's Day too. Smiley face. And they say, we want one of your songs written for us and maybe an hour set too. But nah, gee, we're not really paying the suppliers. We do promo posts. And what we charge for promo is worth way more than any track. So this guy goes to social media and basically calls influencer culture trash and is like, this this is so stupid. So, okay, I want to talk about this because number one, you just said like, I'm not singing a song for less than, you know, whatever amount. I'm not getting on stage. It's a ton of work. We just talked about that. And especially an original song, like, are you kidding me? That's, you know, a hefty price and flying to Ibiza and like there's just so much muck in this request. And then also the fact that, you know, this this exposure thing. What are, what are your immediate thoughts? Hell no. <laughs> That's Hell my first thought. No. no way. I'm out. No. Well, I just think I I think the piece that got me was it was so rude. Like they were so rude. Yeah. Naji. Hey, bro. Shaka emoji. No. I cannot. No. It's so Uh -uh. rude. It's so rude. I just, exposure doesn't pay my bills, okay? Exposure does not pay for the flight out there and the hotel. It doesn't pay for me to sit and like become creative and write a song. And yeah. I mean, and approve it with you and do rehearsals and bring all my stuff. Like, yeah. that's a ton of money, I'm sure. I'm sure this, like, a band to play at a wedding is a ton of money. Yeah. It's so a expensive. Band to play to at have a corporate a live... event, even. Yeah. It's so expensive. How much are you looking at? Like, guesstimate. I mean, I don't know about for weddings, but I know about for corporate events where they fly them out to, like, tropical yeah. locations it's n- yeah. they won't do it for less than 300,000 depending wow. on the band yeah but then that and that's on yeah. top of airfare and accommodation yeah yeah because they have to fly out with their crew they have to fly out with all the band members mm-hmm. it just depends on the size of the band too so right I mean <laughs> it's wild I mean 300,000 is a lot but 
And your husband manages a like real big time band. So I mean, that's the context that we're looking at. I think for even a local live band for my wedding, I think we were looking at like six grand and we were like, we're going to go for the $2,000 DJ. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and it depends on how long they're playing too. Like, did you want your band to play at your wedding for two hours of dancing or was it a 30 minute set? You know, that, that changes the cost. Right. It's right. It's all different and it, it so matters. So I don't know. I just like, I look at this and I'm like, okay, exposure doesn't pay the bills for either of us. So at what point would a exchange like this actually make sense for them? And at what point is it icky? Like, What's a situation where this would be a-okay? Um, a situation where it might work out is it's in a location that that person's always wanted to go to. They can bring a friend or a spouse mm. or partner. Um, and turn it into a vacation. Maybe their accommodations and their airfare are paid for. I think that's a big one. Or they're or they're giving a travel given a travel stipend and maybe a per diem for food. Mm. And does it work with that performer creator's schedule and all of that? But I think it has to be. Re- it would have to be really specific and really fit into their life and be able to turn it into an experience versus like, here, well, it'll be a vacation and I'm going to sing for a half an hour at a wedding while we're on vacay. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's many, I just, okay. So I think it's so hard and I relate this back to, I see a ton in the like hairstylist world, them saying the same thing that like influencers reaching out for free product is trash or free service is trash. I'm not doing your hair for free, blah, blah, blah. Like your exposure to your 20K followers means nothing to me. And I think there's very few situations where it makes sense. You have to have a hyper local audience or you have to be ready to make a ton of content for free that they can use. I don't think it's the promotion at that point. No. And okay, Mm -hmm. but what if we flip the script, right? What if that influencer who's getting married, who has however many followers, what if a big brand approached them and said, hey, we want you to make three reels and we want to have six months usage and um, we're going to tag you on our, our on our feed and you'll all of our right four million dollar or four million followers will see your content on our page, but it's just a content exchange. It's a gifted exchange. That creator is going to say, hell no. Hell no. Also, I'm going to go to that brand's reels and see that their engagement is absolute trash, just like every brand's engagement is. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to say, what exposure? I have better reach. (laughs) Gosh. I'm I'm like really fired up right now. I agree. (laughs) I, th- I think it's hard. I, I think it, it puts us in a hard situation. So you were working for your cousin recently to help her develop her influencer stuff. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. real quick. You set up the whole program, right? I mean, I came up with an outline, like a process of like whatever. This, fun fact, this is how we met. Yeah, hair extensions. Hair extensions hair from extensions. her cousin. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jenna. I helped. Hi, Jenna. We love you. Yeah, I helped set up just like basically, you know, because she wants to use influencers that are local, right? So she wants people that are right. going to come into her she business. She has a hair and- extension. Yeah. She has a um, basically like a dry bar, but for extensions. 
yeah, so her her audience, her influencers need to have a very local niche audience. Like their engagement needs to be like very there. Local. It's not a large yeah. reach. So we're looking at a micro influencer. I was like, it doesn't matter if they have 25K if their followers are no. in New York and you're in California. You want people that are like super local. So I just said, like, here's, I helped figure out like what the parameters were for yeah. like the exchange. So basically they yeah. get some type of, I don't know exactly all the details, but they get some type of like hair discount, whatever in exchange for right. images, posting reels, tagging, right. you know, making content while they're there getting their hair done as exposure. So there's no, there's no paid, mm-hmm. like there's no money exchanged, but it is content trade. So it does, it does work for some things. Um, but the thing is like, if you are a lifestyle girl, you're doing hair routines, you're doing day in the life, you're doing get ready with me, like your hair is in all of that, your hair is going to be in all of your content. So yeah, for me, this is this is how I always felt about it. Like, that feels like fair exchange, because it's an easy exchange. Mm-hmm. And even in real life, people are like, Oh, my gosh, yeah. your hair looks so good. You have beautiful hair. And I always say, it's half fake. Yeah. (laughs) And if, if her, if I lived where she had her business, I would be like, go here. You can get the same thing. The best influencer for it. Yeah. But I don't think that you need a, you don't need a ton of followers for that. You need a hyper local audience. And I think that's very, very valuable, um, in working Mm -hmm. with local businesses. Like if you have mostly Mm -hmm. people in your town and you can go to a business owner and say, Hey, like, look at my insights. Like, yes, I have 5,000 followers. Yes, I have 2,000 followers. But look at how many of those are in this city alone. Yeah. That's, like I have that's a goal zero line. followers basically, but they're all in my metro city. Yeah. That's huge. And like if that was the case, yes, your hairstylist would make sense. Local restaurants would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that stuff would be very yeah. logical. But this right here, this is not logical. No, it's not logical. Especially with the audience of a large influencer. Like, you know that this guy that is literally verified before the verified badge came out uh, has a ton of followers, has a big audience. His rates are probably very high. And mm-hmm. your following is not going to afford be able to afford that. Like the majority of your following is not going to be local. They're not going to be able to drop whatever it is, the amount that this guy charges for a set. So what are they there for? To go follow him? Like that, is that it? How valuable is that to him? Right. Are they going to download his album? Are they going to stream it on Spotify? Like how is he he getting anything out of that? Who knows? I don't even know. Yeah. That's icky. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Aaron, takeaways from our conversation. We've been all over the place, casting, bleed over, uh, universal thongs. <laughs> what are your takeaways? My takeaways are that uh, the creator space is just one big giant ADD pile and it changes. <laughs> It changes and things are new. Things are different. It's never the same from brand to brand. It's never the same from creator to creator. Never. It requires creative thinking. It requires 
an open mind and it requires both parties, the brand and the agency or the creator having like an open conversation about like, really what are the parameters so that we can really have, like, let's not gloss over any of the details. Let's go over all of it so that we can figure it out. Yes. Yes. And I think the more that you can ask questions now as things change, like, you know, the basics, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you know that you should be asking for the full scope of work. Like you need to know what exactly is happening. You need to know the usage or whitelisting that is going to take place and you need to get clear on the deliverables. So once you have that, I mean, you are open to have a conversation with this brand. You're welcome to have a conversation with the agency that's repping the brand, whoever that is. Like if you need to jump on a call and say, hey, like what are we really talking about here? Like I don't really know what being on a billboard would look like. Like you can ask Mm -hmm. them that. What prices are you seeing going around? My gut feeling says – 5k like I think of that if this creator that I'm talking to one of my do less girls had gone to this billboard or this this agency that's repping the billboard um and said my gut response is five grand for this project but can you tell me a little bit more about what other creators are asking for yes yes I don't think they would I don't think they would hesitate in giving them a range in fact yeah in fact we did that with a we've done that huge brand it wasn't a billboard, Huge but literally brand. they were looking for tiny little clips of this creator's mm-hmm. content to put into a, a larger video. And I was like, they were, you know, they're vague about, brands are always vague about budgets. They want to see your rates always first, vague. which is such, oh, drives me crazy. But like my response was, hey, we're thinking it would be this much, but we don't want to miss out on this opportunity and this partnership. So yeah. is this, this in range of what you're seeing? And they were like, we're seeing, she finally told me, we're seeing from this to this. And I was like, great. I see that our rate is like $500 more than that. We'd love to come in at that. But if we need to adjust, we're we're open to it. Yeah. I think it's just that. It's like adding the, the preface of, I would love to hit this rate, but if if that means not taking the project, then I'm happy to negotiate and talk through what would make more sense. Yeah. Absolutely. And I try to say that in all things, like when I send rates or packages or whatever, like we, I don't, I don't know your budget and I don't know your marketing goals because you didn't include them in your email. So like these packages might not be the right option for you. Yeah. They might not be the right option for you, Uh -uh. but please know that we're happy to have discussions. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Erin, you are a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but okay. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you came to chat with me again. I'm going to have to have you on monthly. Um, Aaron, I'm honored. Tell me where to find you. Tell me where to find you on the interweb. You can find me at Mrs. Erin Tamblin. It's really Mrs. Erin Tamblin. Are you going to tell us your, uh, are you going to tell us your secret project and where to find nope. you for that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is absolutely hundred percent anonymous. Miss Erin Tamblin is working on a new secret project. Um, so if you've seen it, uh, go talk to her about it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for joining us on this episode of Brand Meet Creator. 
Thank you for listening along. Um, if you love this episode, please drop a rating. It means so much in this internet world. And if you want to share it with your friends on social media, I will be even happier. Um, but until then, we will catch you next time.